Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au forward slash media. Earlier this week, I was reading in the book of Psalms, Psalms 71. 71, uh, when you do more research into Psalm 71, a lot of commentaries and historians believe that Psalm 71, David wrote during Absalom's rebellion. Now, Absalom was King David's son. And uh, a lot of commentaries suggest that this psalm was written towards the end of the rebellion just by the structure and the way David penned it together. But right in the middle of Psalms 71, David writes, verse 18, he says, Now also when I'm old and gray-headed, O God, do not forsake me until I declare your strengths to this generation, your power to everyone who is to come. And I wonder, when I read that, I thought to myself, I wonder what was going through his mind as he, as he wrote this. You know, his son, which is a representative of the next coming up generation, was in a state of rebellion. But here he is, David, writing this. And I wonder if he was reflecting on the importance of leaving, establishing a godly heritage and leaving godly principles, godly values, and examples to the next upcoming generation. I wonder what was going through his mind as he put this on paper. And not only did he write this once off in this psalm, but throughout the whole book of Psalms, you find verses where David is talking about the next upcoming generation and the importance of leaving godly values, principles, and examples. He, he didn't just write this once, but he wrote it multiple times. King David understood the importance of establishing a godly heritage and passing on godly principles, values, and examples to the up-and-coming generation. So for the past seven years, I've worked in a variety of different roles, and it's all been around youth. So I've worked, I've worked with youth quite a lot, and one thing that I've noticed about this upcoming generation, the youth of 2022, is that they are listening. If you if you happen to hop on a public transport, a form of public transport, I guarantee you that probably, you know, 100% even, or maybe it'll definitely be in the high 90s of passengers will be wearing headphones of some sort. They are listening. And youth that come in and see me at work, uh, it, they always walk in the door with headphones on. It's like they, they don't go anywhere without some sort of form of headphone. They're listening, they're observing. And it is important that this current generation, us, the church, it is important that we illustrate, that we show, that we teach, that it is important what we listen to, that well, you know, it matters what we open our ears to, what we accept into our ears, into our beings. It is important. And we need to illustrate and show that it is okay to turn off ungodly things. It is okay to turn off when we hear sin in music, when we see sin in movies. It is okay to turn it off, to put up a guard against it, to turn away from it. And it is important that we illustrate this to not be naive and just keep on listening, but to be aware of it, to recognize when you hear it, 
I need to turn away from it, that it's not good for our soul, it's not good for our mind, our will and our emotions uh, to be aware of it, to turn away from it. The enemy knows that if he can get a child of God listening to a lie over and over and over again, there'll be a matter of time before that child believes it and lives it. It is important what we listen to and we need to demonstrate, we need to teach to our youth that it matters what we give our ears to. At the forefront, now there's a proverb, it says, above all else, guard your heart. Now at the forefront of guarding your heart is guarding your ears and your eyes, are guarding what we allow in to our beings. It is important, it is important. It is not a light thing. It is not a light thing and we should not treat this as a light thing. It is an, it is a, a, an important part of being a Christian, is guarding our ears and guarding our eyes. And it is important that we teach and we demonstrate what we allow our ears access to. A couple of months ago, my wife and I were down at Surface Paradise and Chantal and, and myself, we were meeting a friend there for dinner and we we're, we're, were having conversation and beside us a little, maybe uh, 50 meters away, not, like not even 50 meters, we noticed as we started talking and having dinner that uh, there was a performance. These people were, were, were setting up a performance and they were wheeling in these massive uh, Japanese uh, Taiko drums. I don't know if you know what they are, but they're huge, massive drums. Um, and and they're wheeling these in and they're setting it all up and uh, we were like kind of interested to see what was going to happen and then we're talking still and then all of a sudden we went from just a polite, you know, gentle conversation to pretty much screaming at each other because we couldn't hear over, over the drums. It was so loud and they were, it was really entertaining. They were all in sync and it was really cool sound and, uh, you know, we were shouting at each other because it was so loud. You could feel the drum beats. And it didn't take us long to realize that we definitely sat in the wrong spot because we couldn't continue our conversation. We just had to watch. It was nice entertainment, I, I got to say, but it, it, yeah, we, we couldn't talk to each other. Um, but there was an interesting comment my friend made. He leaned across the table and he kind of shouted at me. He said, you know, imagine being hundreds and hundreds of years ago, standing on the battlefield, hearing this sound in the distance come closer and closer to you, the enemy coming closer and closer, you would be a very confronting uh, sight or, or sound to hear. And I thought to myself how true that was, hearing those drums in the distance, knowing that your enemy is coming closer and closer, it would be terrifying to hear that. And I reflected on that comment a little bit more and uh, you know, I thought about it on a spiritual level. And in particular, the last two years, on a spiritual level, it's as though the enemy's drums have been beating. They've been beating. And not only just through the content that Hollywood puts out in the music industry, but they've been beating. And you, you can find it in, in social media, you can find it in news networks, in any form of media, you can, you can find as though the enemy's drums of fear and concern and worry have been beating. And in some cases, it feels as though it's getting louder and it's getting louder and it's getting louder. It's getting louder. The enemy's drums of fear and worry have been playing and crippling people. The amount of young people I, I, I 
I counsel or, or talk with in my week that have developed serious conditions of anxiety. And it's because they've plugged into it. They've plugged into the drum beats of the enemy. They've plugged into fear. They've plugged into worry. It's all they listen to. They, 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 they open their social media apps and they plug into it. They turn on the news and they plug into it. They put on the movies and the music and they plug into it. They plug into it and it's affecting their happiness, developing serious mental health conditions. It's because they're listening to the drum beats of fear and worry. And we as a church, as this current generation, it is important and it is vital that we pass down godly principles. We pass down godly values and godly examples to the next upcoming generation. That in this time of fear and, and worry, we, we, we need the young people to witness and to see on their own personal witness, on their own personal you know, uh, 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 eyes, what we did in this time of fear, in this time of worry, that we didn't, we, we didn't give ear to it. We didn't allow our ears access to it. That when the enemy's drumbeats of fear and worry were playing, we, we blocked it. We didn't give, uh, um, we, we didn't plug into the enemy's voice. We didn't plug into fear. We didn't plug into worry. We need this upcoming generation to look up and see and go, you know, in that time of COVID-19, believe Believers did not turn against believers. Churches didn't turn against churches. Amen. We need this next coming up generation to notice that in a time of fear, in a time of worry, this generation did not plug into the enemy's drumbeat, but they plugged into the, to the drumbeat of heaven. They plugged into what God is saying, to what the Word declares, to the promises of the Word. We plugged into life and not death. We plugged into victory and not defeat. We plugged into freedom and not bondage. We need this upcoming generation to look at us and go, in a time full of fear, in a time full of worry, this generation had, had faith stronger than fear. My passion for youth this year, my passion for youth this year that, that to, is to teach and to show that, that in a time of fear, in a time of worry, in a time of COVID-19, we have a source. We have a source. We have a source. It is the Word of God. We have a source. And when fear is screaming at you from, from every direction, we can run and we can plug into hope. When, when, when worry is screaming at you from every direction, we have the answer. We have security. We have strength. We have freedom. We have hope. We have love. We have peace. His name this morning is Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. I feel like I'm just punching the enemy. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It is important that we pass down godly values and examples to this next coming up generation. What examples are we passing down? And I'll, I'll end on this thought. I want to be like King David, that when he stood face to face with fear and face to face with worry. He stood face to face with a giant named Goliath 
who represents the world, was screaming and blaspheming and cursing. He stood face to face and he declared, you come at me with the spear, you come at me with the sword, you come at me with the javelin, but I come at you in the name of the Lord Almighty. I wanna be, be remembered like that. I want the youth to see me and go, he was like David when he was fronted with faith. We need a generation that in a time of fear, in a time of worry, our faith was stronger. Amen. Our faith was stronger. Amen. Well, God bless you, church. I'm gonna invite Pastor Patsy as she comes and shares. Praise God. Praise God. Woo, that's good. Well, I don't think I can go on until I holler a little bit. Can you just praise the Lord with me? Can you lift up your voice and just thank God? Hallelujah, Father God, we're just so thankful. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Amen. And this is a time to overcome, and we, we will, and we are. Praise God. I'm picking up basically just where um, Caleb has left off and give some practical things. There was some mighty, and we didn't collaborate this at all, but there is some mighty things that he laid out about and a challenge really to us who are believers that we have a responsibility in this generation. I love what David said. He didn't just say in this prayer to God, uh, he was not just a request that he would, um, that he would pass this on to his son or his sons or his personal family. He said, I have a responsibility to this generation. I love that. And what is on the inside of you is bigger than what is required just for one person in your life. It's big enough to be able to be a blessing to many people around you. And so we're going to look at some practical ways of us being an influence in this generation. Uh, our church loves and feels a responsibility will stand really before the head of the church in what we do uh, in, in helping and, and influencing the children and the youth in this generation. We have Rama kids starting up uh, full-blown in February, and right now there's, they're having a special, uh, a special time down at Rama Kids. There's some kids that have graduated from, from a primary, and they're going on to, um, to junior high or to, what do we call it here, it, to year seven. It's a big thing, and so we're just celebrating some progress, and as people are growing up in age, we're wanting, wanting them to grow up in God. And so uh, that is so important. The, the youth are so important. And the stories in the Bible um, a lot of times illustrate enduring horrible times, real times of oppression, national oppression, uh, victory and deliverance started coming up through family. And so uh, family is a really important thing in the Bible. It's a major theme all the way through. When Paul was praying for a whole church, what he bowed his knee to was the father of the family. 
that's in heaven and earth. And so the family of God isn't something that has, you know, just kind of come around uh, a bit lately. It is actually uh, family, the idea of family, the heart of family, something that started in Genesis, the second chapter. Family originated out of the heart of God, and because it did, it is despicable and loathsome to the devil. He hates family. He hates ethnic family. He hates, he hates cultural families, and he'll do anything he can do to bring division in it and to, to weaken it and unravel it. He hates your family. And because uh, of his great hatred toward it and his uh, cruelty really towards it, we can look for divine help and assistance from God. It isn't something that we can ward off just in our own natural ability. And I love that word that the Holy Spirit brought in the area of responsibility, which I think it could have been about business. It could have been all kinds of things. But in the area of family, family responsibility, what can we do to meet the challenges of today to do what Caleb really anointed by the Lord really gave us a challenge to pass on to this generation the realities of God. And so uh, we do have not just the privilege of parenting, and when we use the word parenting today, we want it to be broader than if you've just had uh, physical offspring. Parenting is not just a, a noun as far as uh, that's what you are when you have babies. Parenting is also a verb. It's something you do. It's nurturing, it's training, it's assisting, it's supporting, it's guiding. And you can have a parenting uh, responsibility and influence to people beyond your own children. You can have, a, you can have this wonderful influence uh, to, people, uh, to people who are grandchildren, but also friends and other people that are in your world that God has sent you into. So, uh, one thing that will help us to see uh, is that there are basically three ways that God talks to kids and to youth. We heard uh, in, in what Caleb brought to us, there is a voice. There is something that's beyond just a, a, a verbal voice. It is a sense, a vibration that is coming from the kingdom of darkness and the, the spirit of this world, and it pounds, it's pounding, pounding, pounding a message. Is God talking? Is God saying anything? And how does that reverberate into somebody's life, into their consciousness, and actually influence them? And with kids, with youth, there's basically three ways that God talks. Yeah, the world talks in all these different ways that Caleb mentioned. But how does God talk to people and to little kids? The first way that, that God talks to children is the way that he set up to talk. He, he ordained that he would amplify his voice through parents. Now, sometimes, because the devil knew that that was going to be a 
huge way that God would speak to kids. He tried to scramble that voice and to kind of distort that voice so that something other than just God's thoughts and ways was coming through that parenting influence. And so, oh, thank God, there's, another, there's other ways too. Another way is that God talks through teachers. He talks through uh, pastors. He talks through friends. He talks through all different kinds of people, coaches. He talks through all kinds of different people. I look back over my life. My parents were a godly influence in my life. They weren't perfect, but they were godly. They represented God to me and, uh, and did so beautifully. But when I look back over my life, they weren't the only influencers. School teachers were. Uh, uh, friends were, uh, different people that God sent in my life to make sure I was hearing what he was saying to me. But the third way that God talks to a, to a child, talks to a youth, is in their own heart. He talks to them directly. And this is massive, and it is one of the most important things about the first two areas that God talks using parents and other people, one of the main responsibilities of these first two areas talking to children and to youth is to help them begin to identify his voice in their own heart. At first sometimes, and I know, I, I know people that God spoke to at a very young age directly to them. They heard his voice directly. But often what happens is God will amplify his voice through a parent. The truth comes through a parent, and that's what it he means to have happen. It's not what always has happened. And if it can't come through parents or if the voice is too distorted, his voice is too distorted through parents, God always sets up other ways that he can get to a child. Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad for that? I know my dad's, uh, my dad's father, um, Annalisa, and I think Mitch was doing it too. They were looking at these gen, uh, genetic things, or what are they? The, huh? Ancestry.com. And so they had a lot of fun going back and uh, even putting a little bit of money towards uh, finding out where they came from, and bless their heart. We understand a lot about them from where they came from, you know? And so, uh, but, I, and them going over, and Anna was asking Tony and I questions about both sides of our family. And it helped me just to remember, it helped Tony too. We were going, oh yeah, I remember, da 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 da. Well, my grandfather, my grandfather was not born again. He was a, he was a good dad, but he was not born again. My my uh, great-grandfather was actually a cruel man, a very mean and abusive man. But my dad had, in the home, never heard anything about God at all. And the only way Jesus was ever mentioned was as a curse word. That's the only way that name came up. But God raised up a school teacher and they had a one-room schoolhouse back in those days. And, and uh, Daddy, through this school teacher, started hearing the voice of God. 
through his school teacher's voice. And so God has a way to make sure if we're going to hand over, if we're going to transmit in this generation the truth and the reality of God, it has to come through people. And that's why, that's why David said, don't let me die until I have done this for my generation. And I believe that is a prayer for all of us today. We have a responsibility in this generation to make sure that they know the God that we have come to know. And so, yes, we are to, we are to help amplify his voice. We're going to look at two ways. There's, other, there's uh, actually a few ways that we can carry out this responsibility uh, with teaching the fear of the Lord and, and godly discipline and, and training and, and helping, helping uh, the people that are in our influence find their destiny and, and be trained for their personal purposes in God. But we're only going to hone in on two that has to do more directly with the spiritual development of a child. And so we're going to look at the first one here. And uh, our responsibility, an influencer's responsibility, is to represent God, is to represent God and his word and his ways. And the example that I love from John, the 16th chapter, Jesus was talking about the Holy Spirit. Let's look at this verse together. It says, he, the Holy Spirit, will honor and glorify me. Because he will take of, receive, draw upon what is mine and reveal, declare, disclose, and transmit it to you. Everything that the Father has is mine. That is what I meant when I said that he, the Holy Spirit, will take the things that are mine and will reveal, declare, disclose, and transmit it to you. The Holy Spirit in this verse of scripture becomes an example of, of what we as influencers do. We are, if we'll do what God has ordained for us to do, we don't have to come up with something, you know, amazing and uh, come up with something startling ourselves to transmit. As believers, as people of God, our responsibility, like the Holy Spirit's, is to transmit things that God gives to. In other words, the Holy Spirit, the third person in the Godhead, uh, he didn't just go rogue sometimes and say, you know, God, uh, the Father, you, you've got a wonderful will and you've got a wonderful plan and everything. And Jesus, you're a wonderful uh, redeemer. I've actually got some ideas myself. I've actually had some, some things I've always wanted to say myself. The Holy Spirit never did that. The Holy Spirit had nothing to transmit other than what was transmitted to him. In other words, you would never have to wonder if the Holy Spirit is going to say something different than God the Father. You would never, ever wonder if the Holy Spirit would say something different than Jesus Christ the Son. They are completely harmonious. And as influencers for God, 
The only way that we can truly do what that verse of scripture in Psalms tells us in, in giving to this generation this wonderful, this wonderful deposit of, of reality in God is not by giving a piece of our own mind or certainly not by passing on, you know, the, the things that are influencing us from the world. If we want to give something true to this generation, we're going to have to receive it from the one who is true. The purer the influence to us, the purer the influence through us. Purer the voice of God in us and and in our ears and in our eyes and, and affecting our own hearts will be to the intensity that we're able to pass it on to other people. If we're responding to different drum beats, sometimes on certain days we respond to the drum beat of God, but on other days we, re we respond to the drum beat of this world, that is the influence that is going to come through. I think probably what helped uh, me in my own, own life, my dad was a preacher, so of course we expect him to preach good things on the platform. Ex of course we're expect expecting him to say, you know, uh, worthwhile things and biblical things and edifying and, 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 uh, and beautiful things from the platform. But probably what influenced me and my four siblings the most is not what our dad said in the platform. It's what he said in the living room and what he said in the kitchen and what he, we heard him saying to my mother in the bedroom and what we heard him saying in the car. And the things that are transmitted that aren't, aren't just in a box that people can say, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's the spiritual little, you know, little box that you can be for an hour and a half on Sunday. That is not what transmits this great scope of God. He cannot be condensed into, a, a, into an hour and a half box. He is experienced here. He's appreciated and worshiped here. And we learn to respond to him because there is a whole 24-7 that we can live God. And so there's some ways that we want to, two ways that we want to look, and we're going to look at them briefly, two ways. The first way is in words, how we can transmit God not just the rules, not just, uh, you know, uh, what you're not supposed to do and what you are supposed to do, but the reality of God that makes people want to live for him. Well, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the one that helps us to be able to do that. And the, what he transmitted, the words of God, was not just in writing, it was in living. And so if we're going to transmit to this generation and represent God in this generation, it will be in our words. 
It will be in our words. But just like Jesus is and spoke the, the written word, Jesus, the Bible said, he became flesh. The word became flesh and dwelt. So it isn't just telling somebody what to do. It's actually demonstrating it. A life of worship, a life of prayer. And as Caleb was saying, being able uh, that a, a child or a teenager, somebody uh, th that watches you when you're confronted with strife and you do not cave, you actually respond in love. That will teach more than a thousand sermons. Especially when the sermons are real strong about walking in love, but if confronted with strife, then just then it's all just cussing and, and kicking and, and being mean and biting. No, it is the written word and the living word, the same word. And it trans, it's able to transmit into somebody's life. The second thing is, Mercy and grace. Mercy and grace. So we transmit through word by what we say and how we live. The second way that we transmit is a reality of what we have tasted and experienced of the mercy and grace of God. To be able to transmit to uh, the people of this generation that if they make a mistake that they need to hide what they've done, they need to cover it up, they need to lie. If they want somebody to bounce it off of, they need to find somebody who can sympathize with them and sees things the way that they do. Mm. Then something is being transmitted wrong that is not mercy and grace. What mercy and grace does is if somebody has made a mistake, somebody has blown it, when there's mercy and grace being transmitted, it draws them. You can come here. If you've made a mistake, come here. You don't have to run away. It should be that in the home, or in a relationship where there is godly influence happening, if somebody's blown it, if somebody's made a mistake, they say, if I can just get home, I know that my parents will help me sort this out. Or if I can just get to that godly, that godly influence in my life, they'll help me sort it. Instead of running away from help, they actually run to help. Why? Because a hammer isn't waiting for them. Mercy and grace from the throne of God is waiting for them. And it isn't just mercy, not just mercy that says, yeah, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. No, mercy and grace. Grace teaches us how to be able to rise up over the things that used to make us fall. So being able to run home, because there's mercy and grace. Being able to run to church. Some people don't want to come to church until they get things straightened up in their life. They say, I, you know, I haven't been living right. I need to get things sorted and then I'll come back. No, if you blow it on Thursday, run to church on Sunday. Practice doing that. We don't run from the presence of God. We run to the presence of God. But so many people don't know the presence of God is safe to run to. 
What we want to transmit to this generation is there is a throne that Hebrews, the fourth chapter and verse 16 says to come boldly before the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. There is a throne. Hallelujah. Solomon had a throne of justice. It was an amazing, a beautiful throne. It was a throne of justice. And he, he ruled justly from that throne. But that's not the throne that Hebrews 4 said to come boldly to. It's a throne of mercy and grace. And today, if you have been messing up, if you've disappointed yourself, if you've made a, a mess of, of some, or something in a relationship, or you've just not done right, you have to know you can run to him. You can run to the one who sits on the throne. He is holy, holy, holy. Everything we sang about today, he is so holy. And if he was only holy, you couldn't come near him. But he is also merciful. And he demonstrated his mercy in giving his son. So today we're going to draw near to the throne of God. I'd like the guys to come. Today, I had it on my heart that we would pray for those returning to school, for those that are going to be um, ministering to kids, perhaps teachers in school. Or, But I also had in my heart, especially in this season now, a lot of parents are taking more responsibility or sensing responsibility in the upbringing of your kids while things are shifting and changing in the world around us you're looking to God what do I need to do and um, he wants to help he wants to help and I, I see something coming from the throne of grace today that's going to enable you to do what you couldn't do on your own you wouldn't know if you were doing it right when you're receiving his words, you're able to give his words. When you're receiving his mercy, you're able to give his mercy. When you're receiving his correction, you're able to give his correction in the way that he gives it. Because he does give correction. But when you're receiving his goodness, you're able to give it. But only able to give what you have, what you're receiving. Today, we want to receive big from him. I see in, in 2022 an opportunity for the body of Christ uh, it, as never, ever it has been. It's beautiful in years gone by to see men and women of God, you know, where you say, oh yeah, that you, I know we can hear from God through that person. Oh, I know that, that you know, we'll, we'll know what God is like by uh, watching how that person ministers. I tell you what, the wisdom of God doesn't just manifest it in a few people. The wisdom of God manifests through the whole body. And I believe great wisdom for parenting in unusual times is coming. Where you don't have to ask a thousand people what you should do. He is transmitting to you what you need to know and you're able to tell your children what they need to hear and other children that you are influencing. Praise the name of the Lord. 
if you are um, if you are an influencer and actually everybody in this room is an influencer if you're a parent if you're going back to school at any level um, we're going to pray for you today and I'm going to have uh, Caleb come back up and we're going to just pray a prayer for you I'm going to pray a prayer for the influencers and I'd like for Caleb to pray a prayer for the students that are going back and for all of us in here can we just look unto him and expect something from heaven to be transmitted into your heart this this month of February we have uh, the brochures that are on your chairs around you we really encourage you to pick one up it will help you to know how to participate uh, individually privately but even uh, together corporately even when we're not together we can still do things at the same time and and worship him together but I expect an amazing uh, supply from the head of the church to help us in these days it's going to be amazing and supernatural so let's expect it and let's receive it hallelujah uh, go ahead and come on up father God I pray for parents for teachers, for influencers, people who have influence in the lives of children, of teens, uh, of, and young adults. I pray, Father God, those that are influenced. And when we ask that we learn, we have help from the Holy Spirit and learn from the Holy Spirit to transmit what you are giving to us. I ask you, Father God, Day. And go ahead, could you just lift up your hands to him right now? Not in worship, but in receiving. Father God, all over this uh, congregation that there is receiving a deposit, an infusion of divine grace and strength and divine wisdom for those who influence in Jesus' name. I hear this. There are some things that are going to be the same and then there's some things that are going to be radically different. There'll be other things that are just minor tweaks. But as you listen to the Holy Spirit and as he talks to you on a daily basis, you will follow him and it will be, it will be for you uh, going from glory to glory. There is change in these days. There is glorious change in these days, for that's the only way you go from glory to glory, is to change. Hallelujah. But as you look into his face, you'll be reflecting his face to those that you influence. And as you look upon him, they will see in your eyes the fire of his eyes. And as you listen to his voice, they will hear in your voice refreshing and healing and restoring and and deliverance coming through your words and even the fire of God and so drawing near to him he has divine deposits not just today but 
every day for every situation and so you will not transmit your thoughts to them you will transmit his you'll not transmit your ways but you will transmit his and it will bring great glory unto his name can we just give him praise for that thank you Jesus we expect that we expect that in Jesus name and Caleb can you just pray for the kids going back Yes, Lord, Lord. Lord, we just come to you this morning and we pray over the youth, the, the, the students. And Lord, we lift them up this morning. Lord, we pray for protection upon them in Jesus' name. Lord, we, 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 we pray, Lord, that they will, they will know you deeper and deeper. Just like the book of Joel declares, Lord, that they will see visions and they will dream dreams and they will experience your power and your anointing on their lives. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you'll keep them, you'll strengthen them. Lord, you'll secure them in a, in a relationship with you that is stronger than ever before. Lord, we pray for an army to be rising up, to take on the enemy, to take on strong, Lord, to, to represent your kingdom and your light. Lord, we speak this, we declare this over the youth of this generation. Lord, that they will stand tall. They will unite in Jesus' name. And Lord, that they will carry your presence. They will carry your anointing. And we declare that in Jesus' mighty and holy name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Praise God. Let's stand on our feet and at the end, uh, make sure that and anybody who needs prayer, even for salvation, can come to the front. Baptism of the Holy Spirit. God bless you. Have a great week. If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at brainer.org.au.